This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the MVSP. As always, it is myself, Joseph Nagy, along with my amazing co-host, Brandon Worth. Ladies and gentlemen, we have so much going on in the world of sports. It's finally looking up. We have so much to look forward to. But before we get into the a lot of stuff that we have to talk to today, Brandon, we have a very special guest. Indeed, we do. I have one of my best buddies on the show. Ryan is here. He is a former college club wrestler at Central Michigan. Ryan, say hello to the fans. Hey, guys. How's it going? But, yeah, Ryan, we are so happy to have you on the show. We really haven't had any guests in a while, and yeah. we figured we had to change that up. So yeah. thank you for coming on. And happy to be here. We can't wait, can't wait to get into it. But before we get into our first topic, Joe, I think we need to break the news to the people. What do you say? What is the news? Oh, boy. We have some big news. So you guys love the Last Dance collab we had with Mikes and Takes with the Last Dance documentary. And we have now decided we are going to – drum roll, please. We are doing a summer collaboration. Yes, what? we are. the Summer collaboration? Yes, indeed, Joe. Wait, I thought you knew about this. No, I did. I'm saying it for the fans. Like, okay, I was like, Joe, we literally talked about this. I was yeah, like, in the group chat, I know. Yep, there's our comedy bit for the day. Just right there, got it out of the way. But we are having a summer show called The Shot, Call- Shot Callers. It will be on the same Anchor, Spotify, and Apple platform, but it just will have a different name because, hey, it's a summer show. Let's make a different name. So Shot, call- or shot Callers, I keep saying Shot Callers, but it's actually Shot Callers, not like Dog Collar. That just sounds really weird. Yeah, I get you. But Yeah, so... You guys know what we're talking about. So that will be starting on Tuesday, starting this next Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Twitch, just like we have been. Should be a good time. But, Joe, I think we are good to go. Start us with the show. All right, Brandon. As you may have known, if you love sports and if you've kind of been paying attention to news, NBA is returning early or late July, July 31st. Very excited to finally get sports back. There's going to be a little bit of a difference with how the season's going to go. It's kind of a scaled back season as well as not as many teams. I mean, what do you guys kind of think about that? How are you excited? I mean, what do you guys think for your favorite teams, how they're going to do? Yeah, this is a, a super exciting new format that is – it's just – it's bringing sports back, and we are super excited. And there's a lot of people that have their own opinions about this new this new format. Obviously, there's going to be 22 teams – Um, 13 from the Western Conference and 9 from the Eastern Conference. And these teams will be playing. It pretty much is going to be like an eight-game regular season, which kind of sounds pretty weird. That's basically going to give the bubble teams in the standings a chance to draw within the 8 and the 9 seed to potentially get into that play-in tournament, which will pretty much be the 8 versus the 9 seed. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be be strange. Not going to lie. I know you guys probably think this is kind of a little weird, but it's getting basketball back. And, I mean, as much as people are kind of disagreeing that this is not the way it should have been done, but I believe the NBA is doing whatever they can to get the NBA back. And regardless how weird and even sometimes, like, people say unfair, like Brian Winhurst quoted this in one of his 
um, bits on it like a couple weeks ago that it was a little unfair, especially that the West mm-hmm. has money, a lot more teams. But you also have to take in mind that those teams are a lot closer to the playoff picture. But at the same time, the NBA is back. So I'm really excited. It's going to be fun just to see these guys on the court again. Ryan, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm liking it, even though it's a little bit smaller. I mean, you don't get to see some of your favorite teams play. But, I mean, overall, it's a good idea to bring it back. I mean, a little bit, a little bit less time for them to play overall, but it's a great thing to have sports back. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's cut back to about 22 out of the 30 teams. Sadly, our Detroit Pistons have been cut out. We did not really – Ah, we didn't really make the make the whole team. We weren't very good. I mean, I think it was uh, you had to be eight games within the eight seed. I think it was, and we were, I think maybe ten or nine games behind. So we just missed the cup. But it's going to be nine teams from the east, thirteen from the west. You can kind of look on the internet; it shows all the teams. But I mean, we're not going to go through all those. Um, kind of another interesting point: they're going to be doing it in Walt Disney World. Um, and it's going to be a yes. you. I think it's a fifty mile like bubble that they can't go in and out of or something. It's like a yeah. it's very. It's a very strict. So anytime someone goes out of it, they have to be quarantined. They have to be tested. But I mean, it's starting to look up at, like we said, July thirty first. It's looking to finish by October twelve. It's going to be kind of a shorter, uh, postseason as well as kind of. I think they only have eight games left to play. But there's been a lot of controversy, especially with the players saying how. Uh, they don't really want the shorter postseason as they're going to – they think about scaling it back, scaling it uh, kind of a difference of how it's going to be done. But what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I'm, it's it's really unique that they brought it to Disney World. I, I've personally been to the, the sports complex at Disney World, the ESPN Worldwide Sports Complex. It's a pretty sweet place, and it's a really nice, really nice gesture by Disney to let the NBA come back. And it really is nice that a lot of these – players especially with their families they can all stay in this area and they can do a lot of stuff which one thing i'm kind of upset about is there it's gonna be really awful for like the little kids of all of these players and their families having to go to disney world and they can't ride on any of the rides (laughs) i would be super upset but i mean it is what it is you can't they're not going to open those up pretty much anyway for a bit so it's understandable, but it's it's going to be interesting. And I did read something about that quarantine bubble you're talking about, just Joe. Like, if they leave that bubble of, like, 50, 50 miles radius or whatever it may be, I'm not sure the exact specs or whatever, but they have to go back to, like, the, the medical center and they have to pretty much have two negative coronavirus tests and they have to be in quarantine for no less than 10 days before they can pretty much get back on the floor. So it's kind of just going to be like you're going to pack your bags and just really, really plan on being there for the full span because really if you're going to go out, it's going to be hard to get back in. Yeah, yeah definitely. That is true. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Ryan. You go ahead. Oh, you're good, man. You can continue what you were saying. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but it's going to be kind of weird because you know there's going to be like those loose cannon players that are like just going to say whatever and I, they don't really want to stay in that 50-mile radius. But I'm kind of more excited or you could say excited, like anxious of what like people are going to do to uh, Rudy Gobert when everyone gets back. Or, is, or, <laughs> oh, the, <no. laughs> or the, I, yep. I'm just looking forward to that because if that happens and like people like start to blame him, I'm just kind of wondering what the dynamic is going to be when – the jazz play anybody oh yeah that's yeah obviously a lot of people have seen rudy gobert when he 
Kentucky was pretty much like the virus was starting to become like a rumor. And he, he pretty much touched all the microphones. And that ended up leading to him actually getting the coronavirus. And it pretty much was the idea that Rodi Gobert infected the entire NBA. But I that's that is a great point, Joe. I did not think about that. And boy, is that gonna be a very interesting way to come back to sports where he's gonna be on the floor and everyone's just gonna be hating on him and everything but and it's sad because the the Utah Jazz are having a really good season this year they got a really good young core like they always do I mean they got Donovan they have Rudy Gobert they have Joe Ingles they have all those guys that can really make plays they have a lot of young guys under them too like Gordis Yang as well those guys are really going to be one of the teams that you can watch really like be paying attention to because I mean they're fourth in the Western Conference right now they're really one of those teams that's kind of snuck their way up there because we a lot of this a lot of the NBA people are talking it's going to be Lakers or Clippers, but then you got all these other sneaky teams in there like the Jazz, the Nuggets. Have, I've been really huge on the Nuggets; they're a really good team as well. But it's going to be really interesting now with this new this new restart. How many teams are going to really be in a basketball mindset and shape when they come back? And a lot of those teams that might just kind of come out of the gates in a slump and really not get back to their full ways, especially if they were playing hot before this whole quarantine like began a while ago. Yeah, I think that that's well, probably a true thing there. That some of these players may have been slacking off, you know, more time hanging out with family and doing other things, not going out and play basketball. So they're going to be a little bit down in the slumps going back into the season. Yeah, there was another yeah, thing absolutely. I saw. There's another thing I saw too where uh, they were kind of going to switch up the – like they were going to make it a really like health safety practice where there is not going to be like – they weren't going to – I forgot the total thing I saw in the article, but they said they were going to make it like pretty strict on what they could do uh, concerning like different things. But the one thing I want – like are they going to do that for game time too? Because, I mean, it's kind of inevitable for game time that like, players are going to be touching and stuff like that. So I don't really know what they mean by – with practice, if they're going to be trying to change things up. But, I mean, it's kind of, like I said, it's inevitable when they play games that there's going to be touching. There's going to be, I mean, no social distancing, shame on them, uh, stuff like that. I mean, it's going to be tough for them to even kind of enforce those if they kind of think about that during practice. Yeah, that's, I think, really, like, there's not going to be a perfect way to get everybody in the most safest way possible, especially these guys are all going to be touching a basketball throughout this throughout these games. So it's really going to be a, tr- kind of a tricky situation. But I know the NBA and Adam Silver are going to do whatever they can to make sure that this is going to be as safe as possible for everybody. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see, especially into that they're pretty much going to be the first sports league that's going to be back in action as like NFL doesn't start to fall and MLB is still kind of in their contract dispute on how they want to finish the season. So it'll be really interesting to see about this. But I do want to know what your guys' opinions on who's going to be one of those teams that could really win this, you could say, this quarantine tournament, as you could probably call it, the quarantine tournament. For the NBA? Yeah. Who's, who's that, winning the show? That's tough. I mean, obviously you have the favorites with yeah. the Clippers and Lakers and stuff. But, I mean, when you think about it, the West is going to be way tougher if they go by the like kind of like the same playoff rules where like they have the the top eight and you have to fight in for it because 
in the East, there's only nine teams, and in the West, there's 13. So, I mean, there's obviously a little bit of mm-hmm. a difference. I don't know if they're going to be kind of making it just the top 16 teams make it in, and then that's how they do it, but I don't know. Well, I believe it's just going to be you're, you're we're only allowed to go if you were within, I believe, I should, I believe it's um, looking at the numbers, I think it's five games. So I think once the, the top eight have been decided that nobody else is in the playoffs for the Western Conference, but I I'm, I'm, could be wrong, it might be top 16. I really don't know. That might be something they change. But, uh, I mean, I think that's the way they're supposed to. I think that's the way they're doing it, Yeah. by what I know. So, but, yeah, yeah absolutely. The Western Conference is going to be a really interesting tale to tell. I mean, the Lakers and Clippers obviously won two. Uh, my Nuggets are sitting there at three right now. The Jazz, I was talking about, are four. The Thunder, I don't think any of I, – I would think, Joe, you'd probably agree with me. I would not expect the Thunder be at the same record level as the Rockets and Mavericks right now, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy to think about. But those are all – those guys are all in there at five, six, and seven. And then the Grizzlies right now are at eight. But, I mean, you're looking at behind the Grizzlies. I mean, they have John Moran, obviously – leading that team but there's a lot of good they're like the trailblazers are behind them and we know how they play in the playoffs they dame always takes over and then you got the pelicans mr zion williamson's there and he's got a promise to make up with jj reddick to get him in the playoffs so yeah. they could be in there too um no disrespect to travis and barrett but their sons and spurs uh no i don't think they're gonna make it <laughs> but they, i i mean you, you we never know but um but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm really kind of rooting for the, the Nuggets in the Western Conference, but I really do think one of the L.A. teams is going to take it. Yeah. I think that those two teams will probably be meeting in the Western Conference Finals. But for the East, obviously it's not going to be as competitive. I mean, you got the top – really the top four teams are the most dynamic and they're the mo- most um, – what we could say powerhouse teams in the East. I mean, you could throw the 76ers in there as well. The Pacers have kind of snuck in there too. I mean, they got a really young dynamic team there, especially with Malcolm Brogdon there as well. Mick and Victor Oladipo coming back as well. That could be interesting. But I mean, other than those top teams, like the Nets, the Magic, the Wizards, I don't see any hope for those yeah. teams. Who's catching your eye, Ryan? But who's, uh, I mean, starting Last year, actually, I've been looking more towards the Bucks with, you know, Giannis out there going out there getting, you know, becoming better than mm-hmm. he was last year, being an MVP, making a stand this year. I think they're going to have a pretty good chance. Going back to the Western Conference, I mean, LA teams are great. I mean, Houston's, you know, performing better than what most people thought, and so were the Pelicans. So it's going to be, it's going to be in the Western Conference, it's still a toss up. I think Eastern Conference is kind of sealed there. With the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean the Raptors are getting up there and doing some good stuff, but not much from what I can see. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I think the Heat are going to be very much of a dark horse team. I mean, they got Tyler Harrow, who I mean he's a young player, but he's already have the confidence of a, like Jimmy Butler. I mean, we've seen him where he gets a breakaway to tie or to get close to the game, but then he just pulls a three when he's wide open and is able to uh, tie the game or take the lead. I forgot which team they were playing, but he ended up uh, sending them to overtime with that shot. I mean, they have a good team. Like Bam out of Bayou, with, uh, he's a force in the paint. Jimmy Butler, he's a great leader on that team. I think that he have a really good chance of kind of pulling off an upset and taking the Eastern Conference. But for the Western Conference, most likely, like you guys have said, I think 
either one of the LA teams are going to be probably the favorites to win out, in my opinion. But also, I'd really like the Portland Trailblazers with Dame. He's able to mm-hmm. – and CJ McCollum. I mean, those guys work really well together. And like you said, Brandon, Dame is, Dame is prime time when it comes down to it. He, he's a guy who can really hit daggers and is a guy who just comes up clutch. I mean, we've seen him last year when he, he basically destroyed OKC's hopes to even make it out. I mean – when they had Paul George, I mean, he was basically the reason that he went to the next team. But, I mean, it's a lot of different things. I feel like this tournament especially is going to be changing the way guys play as well because I feel like once they come back, they're going to – like once they have to get in the groove, it's just going to not feel like a playoff atmosphere, especially like late in the season like they were. This isn't really going to kind of feel the same, especially with no fans and stuff like that where they're just going to have to play – basically behind themselves and just look to the other guy to help him out. But, I mean, without fans, that kind of takes away a huge – Yeah, I can out, definitely agree with huge that. Kind of, uh, looking at the Eastern Conference – Outside factor that goes for both teams. a great point with the Heat. They're a very dark horse team there. You can definitely get there. I I think I'm going to side more with Brian with the books on this one, and I'll tell you why. That I, I do think the Heat are – I honestly think the Heat will probably, if yeah. they were to play the Celtics – Head on or head to head, which I don't think is going to happen. But if they, end up, I think the Heat are more deserving of the three seed as far as the top teams in the East, and they could they could really be making a run for number two. As the Raptors are kind of, they're they're a very good team, but they really don't have that firepower that the Heat can bring. The only thing I have a little bit of um, skepticism, you could say, with the Heat is that you were just talking about Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn, and those guys those guys bring in electric atmosphere. I mean Jimmy Butler as well. The those guys really, I mean, they live up to their name. They, they heat up and they win games. And the one thing that's stopping me from putting them in the finals against the Bucks is that they are just, they, they might not be hot enough, like starting the season over. Cause with the run they had on in the season, you could definitely make a case. Cause they were, they had, they had these crazy runs where they'd win eight games in a row. I just don't know if that's going to be the case after this whole restart thing. Cause really, if you, it's really going to be kind of back to basics yeah. on paper as far as these teams go because it's really a clean slate. And the Heat were really a team that came started coming back in the, the more, I mean, you wouldn't say second half of the season because it was pretty short. But the, if you split the season in half, the second half of the season that we've played so far, the Heat have been coming up. So that's my reasoning for the Bucks. I'll be siding with Ryan on that one. But um, the, the L.A. teams are – obviously going to be like I want to I, I I really want to see Kawhi LeBron again I know like a lot of people are like oh LeBron didn't show up in the first matchup when the Clippers won and there was a lot of the the Stephen A saying um I don't know if you watched the the Max Kellerman and um Stephen A when they did the game and that was actually the first time Stephen A was actually like he admitted that Max got him with his point that like LeBron didn't want to show up, but anyway, that was kind of off topic. But like, I the, it's the point is that LeBron didn't want to see Kawhi, and that's what everybody's saying. But I mean, LeBron's still yeah. a dynamic player, and I really want these two teams to play. And it and it stinks that it has to be in Orlando if these two teams do meet in the conference finals. Because could you just imagine the Staples Center in a seven game series with these two teams? That would be oh, yeah. that would have been the most electric atmosphere we could probably ever in, see in a Western Conference. I will finals. say, oh my gosh, 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I would probably I would fly there if I could. I would you know, I would, I would give a leg to happen. see that. But uh, another I, I really like the Mavericks though with Luca. I don't think they're gonna be all the way there. I don't think they have enough just yet to beat the LA teams. I mean Luca and Chris Stapps, those two are an extremely good duo. But I mean the Rockets are also a good team. Ryan brought up a good point. Like the the Rockets could make a run. It's completely possible. I mean, they got a star studded team just with James Harden alone. Then you had Russell Westbrook. Those two are one of the best duos you could argue. And they're only they only finished nine games out of the Lakers. And the Lakers also went on an extremely, extremely hot streak at near the beginning of the season. So but it should be very interesting. Um it, it, I'm just, I'm really excited. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm really excited to see these playoffs come. Definitely, and uh, I mean, come July 31st, we're gonna have a handful of months full of basketball and full of some sports content. Finally, but I mean, when we look at the MLB now, they're kind of in some hot water. They're not really agreeing with in between. I mean, the organization and the players and stuff like that. I mean, there's there's been talks about how they're going to have an 80 game season, 40 game season, stuff like that. But Robert Manfred, a couple of weeks ago, if you don't remember us talking about it, he said there will be baseball in 2020. It's just a question of when that's going to happen. But guys, do you think we will have baseball in 2020? If Robert, (laughs) I just totally rattled you, Joe. This is. This is oh, gonna man. make this is gonna make a hot clip. This is gonna make a hot clip on Facebook. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. The reason I say we better here's why. Robert oh, Manfred made this statement. Right. What does it tell if he doesn't make this happen? He's gonna be hated. Like, and they've yeah. been working so hard on this, and the players have advocated for how long now? We've seen all of the memes of the yeah. MLB players putting on their like Twitter pages watching all these other sports come back and they're just they're just sitting up in um the SpongeBob gum the air ducts just looking down and all the sports are happening and they're just still up there just waiting for their season to come. I mean, like the NFL has said we're going to be back. The NBA is almost back in pretty much um just under 2 months is going to be back. Yeah, absolutely. And I really hope they do cuz I mean yeah, and a, and a blink a, of an eye it's going to be I'm here. I'm a Detroit Tigers fan, you guys know that. And I think um I mean Joe, you obviously are too and Ryan, I believe you are as well, yes. right? I mean, yes. Okay. I just want to clarify like you didn't switch teams like somebody else that I know did, no. but not exclude the point. But um <laughs> the basically I want to see the Tigers not in last place pretty much for for less time. Because if this season doesn't return until 2021, that's another year of us being the ultimate loser. And I don't want that to happen because that'll just be that'll just be awful. OK. That is true. And but, we did make a great but, selection Brandon, with our number one pick. That's I'm super thing, excited though, to have we the get the number one pick I love, again. I love the tag. The, the torque bomb is going to be probably highly used when he makes it to the majors. So, I mean, shout out to him for being the number one pick for us. And he's going to be a dynamic player, whoever, wherever he plays. Third baseman, first baseman. I've even heard outfield already, which I think is a little out there. But just considering that he's played infield for all of his college and high school years, I don't know if outfield is a transition yet. Now, maybe if he's mm-hmm. like in a little bit of a like a medical situation and first base already taken up, maybe you can move him out there. Maybe like a Castellanos thing, but I don't think you move him there yet. But 
back to the MLB. No, you go ahead. Yeah. No, you're good. I'm glad. I'm glad we found. Oh, sorry, Brandon. Sorry. Here. Okay. I was gonna say I'm glad we found uh Miggy's replacement because he's obviously doesn't have too many years left. And to find a guy who, I mean, he's a heavy hitter as well as like a very solid infielder is just really good. But I mean, I'm just glad yeah. we got someone I mean, who actually. Well, if you, I mean, if you think about it, we haven't drafted a dynamic bat in how long when we've had a top three four five pick i mean we took casey mines with our one number one pick two years ago but other than that we haven't drafted like a star studded prospect in the first five picks and how, how long has it been i mean well, like a, a long i can't even remember that's a yeah. crappy part but i mean yeah that's yeah i can't remember it either but for sure and um ryan i apologize i will i will let you take your bit once i finish oh, mine good. really quick um but, but um, I just want to I just want to make sure I get this out. But it's it's just this. It'll be awful for the majors to not come back because this sport is one of the the more. I mean, obviously behind NFL and then NBA as well. Those guys are pretty much the big time money makers, and that could all that could be also a reason why they got back so fast. But Major League Baseball has been impacted the most throughout this because their season has not started. And they're at a point where they're pretty much in the situation where they could go without having an entire season. And that can impact the league in a bunch of different ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys, there's a lot of guys out there. I mean, we can just throw out our favorite, Joe Bartolo. Bartolo, if they don't play this year, he might decide to hang it up. And we're never going to see him swing a bat again. And that'll be extremely sad. So, I mean, there's just a lot going on for the majors. Yeah, we're never going to see him again. They can have the money to continue. Oh, sweet. That is, that is rightfully true. I mean, most people, some of them are getting old. might be their last season. They're going to quit, you know, hang it up and not play again. I'm really happy to see if if they would come back, this MLB, because I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I like watch, I'm sick and tired of watching reruns yeah. from years back when, when I was born, not knowing any of these players. Yeah. <laughs> I like to see some live baseball. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I Yeah, I agree. Yeah, finally, you know what I mean? But, I mean, oh, sorry, Brandon. But, uh, like we said, 2020 is starting to dwindle. According to CBS Sports, they released an article with kind of Robert Manfred's, like, proposed 2020 season. Um, there's approximately going to be 80 games. They're switching to regional play rather than league play. So, it, it'll cut down on travel, kind of like all those chances for them to get coronavirus and kind of spread a little bit. So, rather than playing – like the Tigers, rather than playing all AL uh, Central teams, they'll kind of play like the Cubs, the Sox, I mean, maybe the Cardinals and stuff like that, guys around there, instead of going, I mean, those different games where they have to go, I mean, to the East Coast, the West Coast, stuff like that, they'll try to do that. And also another interesting uh, proposal that Manfred yeah, put that is, is that they're going to do DHs in both that leagues be, to cut down on pitcher wear. That should be extremely there. interesting just to see both sides. When it's kind of like you're not going to have to worry about – what team you're playing to consider your 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 DH and your pitcher wear because obviously when you play like the Tigers are going to play the Indians you have a much more um you have a much more interesting game plan because you got all hitters in the lineup compared to if they flew out to play the Dodgers for example and they have you have to worry about pitching and you're probably going to have to consider DHing a pitcher one time 
it'll just be really interesting to see that everybody on the same boat. Cause I mean, it kind of takes out of like the NL guys are a lot like, Oh, but this, this is kind of dumb. Like why do we have, why do we not have DHs? And there's guys sitting on the bench saying, Oh, there's why, but this could be like the big bottom line. I think with, you could say with all sports is that this is kind of a cool year to see something different. It's going to be a lot more like unorthodox. There's going to be like just with the NBA being in one place, that's going to be like, it's almost like the, the, it's almost like March Madness, you could almost put it, where it's just going to be in one, one venue. Or there's going to be these many teams that are going to play in the same place. It's going to be kind of interesting. And then you have like the MLB, which I have an article that's from a little bit while back, kind of dated that said that they were considering about a dozen states and 20 ballparks tops. Most of them would have been probably in the southern warmer regions like Florida, Arizona, or Texas, where their their coronavirus cases are a lot um, smaller than some of the bigger cities up north, like the new like New Yorks and stuff like that. But it should be it should be really interesting. I remember Joe. I remember specifically when we were talking about the spring training venues that were going to be used for all these games, and I think that could have been. Not going to say it wasn't a bad idea, but that could have had a disastrous effect on the media because of how limited it's going to be with fans, how limited access it's going to be with all these smaller venues, that it's going to be kind of a hassle. So I, I think it's a really good, really good knowing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really good knowing, trying to talk here, that we are going to possibly have baseball back, just like you said, Ryan. We're done watching yes. Korean baseball. It's been long enough. We don't need to see any more 80s reruns. We we know the good games. We know the good players. We just want to see our guys back. I want to see our young Tiger squad back on the field looking much better than they were last year because I will say this right now. They will not finish last this year. You can mark my words because they are going to be much better. I mean, I hope they bring Torkelson up early as well. Like, Joe, you talked about how dynamic he is. I mean, he's going to be – it's going to be a really good player. So it should be very interesting, to say the least. But, um, I mean, also, uh, I think kind of one of the main reasons, I mean, we kind of talked about the players don't really want to play without full pay. There's different uh, kind of sides with that. Uh, an article that I saw, it was kind of talking about how it's uh, someone, some people are siding with the owners and kind of stuff like that with, I mean, players should be taking the pay cuts to play. I mean, they're not going to be playing the whole season. I mean, they're not going to be getting fans to come in. I mean, it's just going to be kind of unfair. But, I mean, what do you guys think? Should should players be willing not to take the pay cuts so that they can get the whole thing so that they can be treated fairly, kind of like holding up to the contract? Or do you think that owners are kind of in the right spot where they're, where they're going to be losing money on this season? Yeah. Oh, that's a good – Ryan, I'm actually going to let you playing. go first because I'm going yeah, to make a long spiel. So it's I want a you kind to go of first. tough decision there because, I mean, they should be paid for the games they played, but I don't think they should be paid for like a full season almost because, I mean, it's not – they're not going to have a full season this year, sadly. I think they should take a small pay cut, but not like drastic amounts losing, you know, millions of dollars a year but you know losing maybe a couple tens of thousands would be fine for me i would think mm-hmm. yeah i mean you're playing a you're playing a baseball game and you're getting paid for it so i mean i mean i think the main argument is man is like with one year free agents <laughs> like mookie Betts, mookie bets not mookie becks uh and stuff like that where they're only playing for one year so i mean those big deals that they sign and they're not going to be playing up to it and they're kind of banking on 
getting yeah, all that money I, coming in and stuff like that I, it's gonna be tough i think that like i'm gonna go on kind of a little bit of a little i'm not gonna call it a rant or whatever but like these these speculations about players not going to play unless they get full pay was obviously probably brought up by Bryce Harper, who has been the most well-known. And you could also bring up Blake Snell as well, who also signed a new deal this year. But, I mean, just the fact is this, guys. Like, I think you guys very well know that Bryce Harper might be the most overpaid player in baseball. And I'm not saying that he's not a good player. But this guy is getting paid 330 million dollars and signed a 13-year contract and i i'll be honest i don't know how that's even legal like i don't know how you you manage to sign that but in in the way like it really disgusts me that the fact is these guys are not going to play for because they're not going to get their full contract but a lot of the mlb is saying that they are going to do their best to get them at least 75% of their contract paid. And the fact that Bryce is going to turn down $15 million a year because he's not getting 20 just to, uh, just so he gets his money. And he's, and I, I think that just shows more of his self. Like, I'm not going to say he's like completely selfish, but that's kind of a selfish move that he's going to put the money over just getting back to baseball. And it's just, it's like people are going to want to watch like guys like him and Blake Snell. And when they're not on the field because they're not getting paid enough, I understand that you signed the contract and that you believe that you earned it. And that's, that's your say, not mine. But, to, I mean, I'm not the only one that thinks that that's selfish. And it's just kind of the fact is you really wish that these guys would all come together for that reason. And, I mean, it's obviously not going to be the same as with contracts, whatnot. The season's going to be weird by itself. I mean, it's not going to be home games, away games are going to be a lot different. They're just the season's going to be different. So I don't know really. I guess I'm I'm just kind of confused why that. Like, I mean, if I was a baseball player, and I understand, like, if I was actually there and I was in Bryce Harper's mm-hmm. shoes, it'd probably be a different opinion. But I mean, the fact that you're you're tossing around the idea of a lot of these players aren't going to get paid these big bucks. I mean, a five million dollar difference is not the average with Bryce Harper's enormous contract. I mean, if you got a guy that's got a five million average standard MLB contract and he's only going to get paid three point three point seven five out of it, it's just kind of like that wouldn't be as big of a difference. So you can kind of see Bryce's point; they'd be losing five million dollars. But I, you got to give it to the fans, man. I mean, that's that's just my opinion. I mean. You're still getting 75%. You're getting baseball back. You're getting yeah. the fans back with you. Because, I mean, if they go through with, like, not playing because they're not – they could lose the fan base because they're going to believe he's selfish. And that's 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 my rant. I'm done, so. Yeah, I mean, you you got to think of the fans in this situation, too. I mean, they're, they're what get you that money. They're, they're the reason that you can get paid by so much. And when they're kind of – being selfish, like you said, Brandon, where they just want that money. It's like, you just got to say like, come on, man, like actually think about like what, like what your main priorities are. And let me think like, you don't need that mm-hmm. extra 30 million when you're getting, or you need, you know what I mean? Like you just, when you're already getting paid millions of dollars in the pay cut, you don't need that much more money. You know what I mean? It's, it's dumb. I mean, it's, it's, it's stupid to think that like guys would be doing that, but it happens. But fellas, for the season that I'm most excited for, I mean, I love baseball, but 
I'm more excited for the NFL season to come back, especially with how excited I am for our Detroit Lions are going to do this year, as well as kind of around the league, all these new rookies coming up. Which teams do you guys think are going to be kind of the dark horses, kind of the sleepers that the Detroit Lions really good draft picks? And, I mean, how do you guys think our Lions are going to do this year? On top of it. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. They're That'll be a free 20 bucks. Why would I do that? I'll take that free 20 bucks. I'm just trying to give us some hope, guys. I mean, it's been it's been how long since we've been really truly it's been yeah, spark the fire, absolutely. But I I will say this, and Ryan, I'm really interested to hear your take on this. That I believe Bob Quinn just had the best draft he has in the last five years at least. I think this is one of the best draft classes we've had. And the one that really stuck out to me is the DeAndre Swift pick at the second round. Cause I'm, I personally thought we were going to be going in a much different direction there. I thought we were going to be going for maybe a linebacker in that position. There was a lot of guys still there. I mean, I mean, Zach Bond was there and I really thought we were going to pick Zach Bond for some reason, but I mean, just the fact is, is that we got like, we have DeAndre Swift and I wasn't, and the reason I really wasn't, fully on board with that pick in the second round is because we still had carry on and I'm a big carry on fan and I understand the injury concerns. I understand the pick. So I was just a little confused at the time why we decided to go that early on carry on, but obviously they must know something we don't, he might have some bad injuries or they just think Deandre is that much better. So, I mean, it, just to dissolve the point, I mean, we've got other guys that we've trapped it to. I mean, Logan Stenberg, me or Ryan, I know you were talking about him on the show. I mean, he was he's a really dynamic guy that they're probably gonna try a guard oh, yeah. from Kentucky. He should be very interesting. And I mean I mean, there's a lot of guys. John Penasini, which I know Joe is kind of your guy when we did our reviews. You really liked him. Or no, was that Jay Sean Cornell? I apologize if it was Jay Sean. But Okay. Okay. One of the two guys you were really high it's on. All I, good. Remember, I think it was I mean, having the Sorry, Joe. The Romeo and Julian on the same team, just the brothers. I think that's going to be a really exciting thing to see that can bring us in. I'm super excited to have Jeff Okuda outside. It's It stinks that we don't have Slay back, but I think that's to be the next best thing. And we also um, we also got Desmond Trufant coming too, so he can be a really, really big asset. So I'm really excited, and I do want to throw out there – I. R.I.P. to the man himself, Sam Martin. I don't know what happened, guys, but he's gone. And I'm sad. I'm, I'm not going to be, like, heartbroken over it, but I'm sad because I think we underappreciated how good Sam Martin really was. But Yeah, this from the, anyway, this from the running Ryan, back pick go that he got in the second round. I mean, they, are, they got <laughs> a big running back crew now. I don't know if the uh, carry-on's doing or anything and injury-wise, but they got – they're stacking up a lot of runners there. They're going to be – I feel like they're going to focus more on a run game this year instead of passing with uh, Matt Stafford there. Uh, that's my opinion. they just got a lot of running backs that they're probably going to use as slot receivers if they're going to go try and make more passing route, passing game. But right now it looks straight run for me. Yeah, that's, that's... – go ahead. Yeah, I mean, okay. when you when – you... That, yeah, that's oh, a sorry, point. Like, I think, like, even, like, this, I, I even think that the Jason Huntley pick, and I was really kind of, that one was probably the number one where I was kind of gave you the, huh, when I, they drafted him, because I was kind of confused. But I know that he's a very, I mean, it kind of scared me because of the fact that 
they were picking him because he's he's not really as known as a running back as much as he is a returner because he was a really good returner. And that almost got me figuring that Jamal was going to leave and then I was going to be really upset because Jamal was really a guy that we need. But, I mean, yeah, and I think, Ryan, the guy you're trying to think of was Bo Scarborough, and yeah. that's a guy that we picked up late in the season. He was huge. I mean, I mean, just – Outside of his body stats, which is obviously huge, but like he was really big for us getting a run game when Carrion was out and Ty Johnson was on the limb for I think it was a, a concussion. Yeah, I might have a concussion right now, but like just the fact is, is like I think that that's a really, really cool idea that I think we're going to really start running and running and running to maybe get some more play action or whatever. Because I mean, I, I felt like whenever we were the Lions would always have a run. And then whenever it gets stuffed, it's like second nine, second and eight. It's like the defense are the other opposing team's defensive coordinator already has two de- or already two zone coverages on his, on his card ready for us to try some medium passing concepts. Cause it seemed like that's always what we did is we just seemed like we were really predictable. And I think with a lot of these picks, I mean, Jonah Jackson is a guy that I forgot to mention. I mean, they're boosted with Sternberg as well. They're boosting that offensive line. And they're really getting oh, – it really seems like they're truly, truly trying to establish a run game going forward. But, I mean, I'm going to throw this out there, guys, and I really hope that this happens, and I'm sure you guys do too, is the Vikings have a guy out there that plays pretty well on the defensive line. I hope we get him. And I think if you guys don't know who I'm talking about – we should just look up the rumors because this dude could be huge for us. Brandon, for those of you who, I mean, I, all of us obviously know who you're talking about, but if, I mean, for our listeners, can you just say who you're talking about, please? <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you who it is. <laughs> Brandon. No, I'm not going <laughs> to lie I'm not, yeah. I'm not. Okay, well, I guess I'm, gonna be, I'm, gonna I guess I'm just going to be out here to drive. I literally was about to say his name, and then I forgot. So, I believe it was Linval Joseph. <laughs> but I could totally be wrong. But I, I will look that up right now, Joe. You do your spiel. I, <laughs> that's pretty embarrassing. But we'll move on. Uh, yeah, okay. Get it right back on track. I mean, that was a fun little spiel. But, I mean... To be honest, when you look at the Lions' chances for our division this year, we got a pretty good chance. I mean, it's obviously going to be tough. Like, we've been saying it for years, and, I mean, last year we had a terrible performance. I mean, I think we only had three wins. Beside the fact, I mean, the Bears, they have two guys gunning for their starting position. They have uh, Trubisky and Foles. I mean, if it's obviously going to be a tough race, and Foles will be a pretty good addition for the Bears. But with our defense that we have this year kind of – building on that and like Brandon like you said all of our assets that we have on both sides of the field and we can have a really good chance of kind of making a run for it and although we might not win the division because I mean Packers are always the powerhouse but when you look at the Vikings I mean Kirk Cousins we've seen him in prime yeah. time he's 0 for 8 <laughs> I mean we've seen I mean I mean like we've seen like the possibilities that we have with this uh, division this year I mean we could have a chance to do something really good but also that's what we've, like I said, we've been saying that for years, and we've kind of seen our performances. But hopefully, I mean, with the draft picks that we took and kind of the team that we're kind of building right now, if we can get it to build and fall yeah. in the right place, and I think we can have a really I'll, good chance. I'll just get my get my mocking done now. It was Everson Griffin. I was totally off on who I thought it was. 
It was actually Everson Griffin, and I, I'm not joking when it says that there is a rumor out there that he's considering signing Lions and that people think he definitely should, and I think that's very, very fair that they could use a guy like that or even if they could somehow sweet-talk into trading for Daniel Hunter, I wouldn't be mad either. But, yeah, like the Bears, I, I'm really interested. Not only the Bears, but you, we, I really want to get into the Packers situation with their quarterback situation, but – I mean, talking about the Bears first, oh, and I man. know, Ryan, we have Huge a buddy that is a big Bears fan. And I, I remember texting uh, – he's an absolutely huge Bears fan. I remember texting him um, when this happened. He was very confused. And don't trust me, I think we still are to this day why they traded for Nick Foles when they probably could have signed him in free agency. But, I mean, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see who wins out that QB battle between Mitch Trubisky and – um, Nick Foles, oh, but yeah, the Green Bay Packers, and I'm still stunned to this day. It's been how long? It's been almost two mo- or just under two months since this happened, and I'm still confused. Why did they select Jordan Love? Not only did they select him, but why did they trade up for him? Where, what are you guys' thoughts? I, I'm confused. I, I, I understand why they did it, but I'm okay. Confused. <laughs> Okay, Ryan, so, if you wanna, I mean, the court, it, Ryan, if you want to take the floor they're probably going to do got, the same thing they did with, you know, Brett Favre and, uh, wow, I, his, his name just escaped my, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, sorry. Aaron, <laughs> they're going to do the same thing. Aaron Rodgers, yes, you're good, you're good, yeah. I do it all the time. They're going to get him ready, it's get fine. him here, go and then they're probably going to let Aaron go, because, I mean, Aaron's getting up there in age, you know, I mean, I don't know exactly, but he, I feel like. He's took a lot of damage in the last couple of years, having torn shoulder, what, two years ago? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, when we, they're they racking the up, they're Kaiser getting them back. Gosh, they're going to teach him the range mm-hmm. with Aaron, and then they're going to throw him in next year to the Wolves when he, Aaron's, Aaron, like, I feel like Aaron's going to start leaving Ooh. here soon, either next the beginning of next year or getting two years from now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of when I first saw that draft, uh, that draft pick was when I was kind of thinking like exactly like what you said, Ryan, with kind of like that Brett Favre, uh, Aaron Rodgers situation. Because when Brent, Aaron Rodgers got drafted, that was kind of the same conversation they were saying. Why would they draft a quarterback when they already have one of the best in the league and stuff like that? But I mean, especially in that this draft, the one that just happened, I mean. In a wide receiver heavy draft for a team that does need a sol- like a solid wide receiver to complement one of the like what like I said one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league, it's a I feel like it's a bonehead move not to take one, especially go for another quarterback when you could have probably got one with another pick that you had. But when you don't when you don't go for a wide receiver when you desperately need yeah, one, I mean I, that's just so mind boggling to me. Con- I'm still confused. Obviously, like I know like that's kind of the scenario that everybody's talking about is that it's pretty much far to Rogers and now it's Rogers to love. They're going to keep the, they're going to keep the cycle going. But at the same time, the Packers, like their draft history, which has been very interesting to say the least in the last 15 years, they have not taken a, like a straight up playmaking receiver, running back, whatever in the first round in like the last 15 years which is so weird. And it's just to the point where you're like, 
you kind of feel bad for Aaron Rodgers because, I mean, just watching him, like, the last two years, there's been a lot of, like, highlights that you can watch on, like, NFL's Instagram where Rodgers would make a throw and, the, like, the dude's wide open by 10 steps and then drops it. And then he's just, like, really, like, I mean, this is the undrafted guy you guys told me was going to be the best in the league. But it's just, like, the point where it's, it's confusing to me because, just like you said, Joe, like, the wide receivers were there. There's, there's no question about it. Chenault was still there. Denzel Mims, who I had in my mock to go there. I mean, green and yellow would make sense with Baylor and, to Green Bay. But, and, like, he was going to be a guy that could really produce there, especially in their offense where it's really a deep a pound, pound the ground and then go more towards the vertical concept in the passing game where now they have Devin Functious, which he's not a bad addition. But, I mean, besides that, it's Lazard, man. And this is this is a team that Rodgers used to throw to Greg Jennings, like Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, like the best trio in the league at one point. And like, it's just crazy. I I'd feel I mean, I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers because now he's kind of has to deal with this situation. And I mean, the guy's 30. I believe he's 36. Don't quote me on that. But he's about the age where it's like he could go for. I mean, yes, it could be four years and he might have an injury and he's done, but he could be a Tom Brady and keep going. Like, I, it's just kind of like, why now? I think that's the question. I know the Packers know why they're getting a quarterback because they want to prepare for the future. But to me, Rodgers has four to eight years left. And you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. That's my opinion. I think he has four to eight years left. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like the – like Brady I agree with Brady, that. Like I you guys would agree, that. those guys are older, but they're still in great shape to be a quarterback. Like, and they're all similar. But why does why does Green Bay make this move now, and not like three or four years from now, when you got so many holes in the defensive side of the field, and you still don't have very many playmakers for Aaron Rodgers to throw to? I just I don't understand. Yeah, they kind of jumped the gun, but. A I little mean, bit on what they need. It should be interesting. I feel like the Lions have a good shot to stun the world. I'm not going to put them in the Super Bowl, like I said 20 minutes ago. I was just kidding. But I hope that we make a very good run and show people that we're not one of the worst teams in the National Football League. Because, I mean, we started out 2-0-1. Didn't we end like 12-3? and No, we ended up 3-12. and But it happened. I, I think that that team, like last year's team was better than that we ended up showing because I think there was just injuries killed us. I mean, would you guys agree with that, that injuries were a big part? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously injuries yeah. aren't everything, but losing all half of your offensive starters and defensive starters makes the whole game different. But in, it's, it should be very interesting. I really want to – I can't <laughs> wait to try to buy tickets for the oh, Buccaneers-Lions yeah. game. I really want to get to that one with Tom Brady. That should be really fun. But I feel like the Lions could – I think they can overtake the Bears this year as far as they could get a better record. I mean, it's hard to put it over the Vikings because they're one of the most fundamentally solid, solid teams in the NFC every year after year. And it's hard to beat Rodgers because Rodgers is Rodgers. And then the Bears have a stout defense, but I think their offense isn't good enough to put them in that Super Bowl-type team conversation because, I mean – we saw Mitch Trubisky last year, and I think he was left alone in like 50% of fantasy yeah. leagues for a reason because he was not that good. So I, it, it was, it's just a situation where you're like, what, who, when will the Lions finally 
jump and get into the NFC North title talk. I can't wait. I don't know when it's going to come, but I'll be waiting for it. And it'll be so joyous when we get there. I I can't wait. I mean, it's been it's been years since we've even had oh, – I mean, man. when's the last time that we had a chance in the playoffs? Wasn't it when we yep. got gypped in that Cowboys so. game? Flashbacks. That we one, don't, we don't oh, have my gosh, that made me so angry. But, I mean, things – in my opinion, things are looking – Things are looking up for for the for the Lions. I mean, I'm really excited to see what happens because I think this is one of our better drafts in the past couple of years, and I think it's going to be not only is it one of our best, I think it's going to be the best for longevity because I think the, these guys are going to last and they're going to be able to kind of do stuff in Detroit that I mean our past couple draft picks and our past couple uh, pickups and stuff haven't been able to do. But I'm really excited because I feel just I just feel different about these this yes, this group that we be, have here. It's a really young group. I'm really excited for it. It should be a very good time. But guys, it is almost the end of the show. We really appreciate you sticking around. Joe, always fun being with you, buddy. Thank you for inviting Ryan, me. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Okay. Like all what? Yeah, thanks, oh, Ryan. Oh, I really appreciate it. Else, but Everybody, stay home, stay safe. Well, I mean, I mean, the state's reopening now, so you can, you, I guess, you can go out now. But please be careful. The rules, I mean, yeah. Do what you want. Yeah, just do be what careful, you want. Now we got no rules. Really, <laughs> really Joe. <laughs> okay, there are rules, but you gotta put a waiver. We're not around. responsible for anything that happens. <laughs> Don't take my word too seriously. Yeah, <laughs> we have to. Yeah. Are you just put a just put a disclaimer on the side of the on the side how, of the Joe, How are we gonna get a disclaimer? We're a we're a, we're. A, I don't know. Oh, just say okay. something. <laughs> People, yeah. you say something. I'm sorry, we're not responsible right, for I anything. I think we should probably end this now. Everybody, everybody, hey, anyway, anyway. stay safe. Yeah. Have a good time. Thank you guys for tuning in, Brian. Thank you again, Joe. As always, thank you guys for joining us. Is there anything yeah, anybody else would like to for say? Having me, guys. And no, Joe, you cannot talk about disclaimers. Remember. Yeah. Okay, well, anyways. Yeah, no, hey, we love having you on, Ryan. But everyone, don't remember, Tuesday, Shot Callers, first episode. It's going to be a Mike's and Takes MVSP kind of crossover that we're going to be doing for the remainder of the summer. We have a lot of fun uh, recording with those guys. We're good friends. I mean, we can't wait to get back on campus with those guys. But – Tune in Tuesday. Uh, we'll kind of be sending out on our Twitter what time it's going to be. Definitely, yeah, but for sure. Remember, All right, tune in. see you guys.